0: Now, you know, I was seeing red, and then I saw Michelle, and I forgot. Valentine's is Wednesday, but then somebody was in red, and they pulled it back, and it said Kansas City Chiefs, and then we also have red for Chinese New Year, and then some of you just wore red because you missed Christmas. So anyway, so Michelle reminded me, I saw that, I thought, here we have Valentine's on Wednesday. Well, a couple things, Um, I have a few pictures today, I think. So yesterday we had our food outreach uh, at church, always awesome, always new people that come, always people that say, how long have you been doing this? And I'm like, almost two years. So that's some of the setup in the beginning. I think our next picture is, oh, so we sell after um, it was dumplings. So for Chinese New Year, our Ch- the Chinese church, Spring Water of Joy, ended up going back to the pizza one real quick. So I thought we were going to eat dumplings. That's what I stayed for. And they broke out pizza. I'm like, I can get that any day. right? I don't need, but it was, it was just kind of a, then I thought, are they going to let me have one or two? Well, then we started making the dumplings. Uh, and people were hand-making them. Uh, you know, there was, I think, beef and pumpkin, shrimp and chive. And then I think the next one was the hot bowl they finally brought out. For us to eat dum- and they kept bringing dumplings and bringing dumplings and bringing dumplings and, <laughs> <laughs> and laughing at how we made them, right? Uh, we do have Laura in the back here. She is the artiste of how to make dumplings. I didn't even want to put mine next to where she was doing hers, uh, they were so good. And I think I have a baptism. So last Sunday, uh, was there a baptism one in there? Just to remind, you, we had baptism last week right before the rain hit. And again, great to celebrate and to see people profess Jesus as Lord in front of sometimes strangers and to take that next step in Him. We always want to make sure we pray uh, for them as well. So that was before. So our next, um, in fact, always get the card. Our next food outreach is February 23rd. February 23rd. All right. So I have two verses today for our tithes and offerings. Isaiah 55 Verse 10 and 11, Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. We experienced this week the rain. Uh, many of you were having to, how many of you had to drive in it this week? I'm a hand up to you, right? You're driving in the rain. My son on Monday at Azusa Pacific University, they sent out an email. There was no classes because of the rain. It was all going to be on Zoom. Who ever heard of that before? Like a college, right? Probably due to commuters. But we understand the rain, we understand the snow, and we understand the seed to the sower. And God gives us that example that when his word goes forth out of his mouth, it does not return to itself void. So each week we put up a prayer, and I'd like you to pray this prayer from your heart. ...to your Father God with that verse in mind. Let's pray this together. Ready? As I give in today's offering, I pray that your word would go forth and prosper in every aspect of my life... ...bringing healing, restoration, and transformation as it is received into my heart. Help me to be a faithful sower of your word, spreading it to others so that they too may experience the life-changing power of your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving today in service, uh, there's an envelope in the seat back pocket. You can place that in the offering slot on the wall as you leave today. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online. Also, go ahead and download today's notes. You can get, download today's notes and do a, a follow-up. And there's always questions at the back, we've called it As for Me and My House. There's questions in there that you can go over. Breakfast time, dinner time, co-workers, go over those. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, open uh, with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. My title today is The Stony Ground. The Stony Ground. And let me let me read Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 to start. We've been reading this verse Uh, to start it off. Let's all say this together. Ready? As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding with thanksgiving. As you've received Christ Jesus, so walk in Him, rooted. We're looking at the parable of the sower Rooted, right? Rooted in him, built up in him, and established in the faith. And I love that, end, always abounding with thanksgiving, right? Always abounding with thanksgiving. Well, I had read, I had read this story a couple years ago, and, and I thought it gives kind of a good example of God sowing his word into our heart. And it was a story of a loud mouth mechanic. Don't let any memories come to mind, right, of somebody that worked on your vehicle before. Well, he was removing cylinder heads from a motor of a car when he spotted a famous heart surgeon who was standing off to the side. And he waited for the service manager to come look at his brand-new Mercedes. The mechanic shouted across the garage, Hey, Doc, is that really you? Come over here for just a quick minute. The famous surgeon, a bit surprised, walked over to where the mechanic was working on the car. And the mechanic straightened up. He wiped his hands on a rag. And he asked, so, Mr. Fancy Heart Doctor, look here at my work. I also open hearts. I take out valves. I grind them down. I put in new parts. And when I finish, this baby will be just as new. So how come you make the big bucks when you and I are basically doing the exact same type of work? Well, the surgeon leaned over and he whispered in the ear of this loudmouth mechanic, he says, try doing it with the engine running. (laughs) Try doing it with the engine running. We've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We're living out this life to follow him, but we're also involved in life. And he's like that man. He's working on our hearts every single day and as we see in the soil. But are we listening? Are we being rooted and grounded in him? Are we walking in him? Are we abounding with faithfulness because he's at work in our lives? So let's pray today and we'll get into Mark chapter 4. Father, so we come before you today and you are, you're working on all of our hearts, but our hearts have to be receptive to listen, to receive from you, to make those course corrections, to humble ourselves daily before you, to receive of your wisdom and walk out in the fullness of your spirit given to us. And so we do that today, teach us by your words. We thank you in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. So again, last week we started in Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sowers, and we're going to look today, Jesus said, this was the parable of parables. If you don't understand this one, this is the one you have to understand. This is how the kingdom of God works, but he only talks about four types of soils, or we talked about four types of hearts, and so we're going to look today at heart number two. And he talked about that only one of the hearts is going to receive and grow. Some 30, 60, 100. Only one. 25% chance. One in four will receive it. But Jesus doesn't want to keep anything secret. He wants us rooted in him, right? He wants us to grow. He wants us to flourish. And so we pick this up in Mark chapter 4. And I'm going to read a couple ones. I'm going to start at verse 3. I'm going to go verse 3 through 9. Jesus says this word, he says, listen, exclamation point, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground. And it yielded a crop that sprang up. It increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty. And some, a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Listen. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, Jesus explains this parable in verse 13 through 20. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside when the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. Who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches. The desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. I want to read this verse out of Luke. In fact, last week we looked at um, the word that's stolen, where Satan comes after to steal the seed that was sown in the heart. Luke uh, writes it and records it this way, Luke eight twelve. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. Look at the end of it. Lest they should believe and be saved. What's the enemy want to do before somebody accepts him? Steal that word. Cause confusion. Going after those that even hear the word. Taking that word out. Lest they be saved. So Satan's job is to uproot what God wants to plant. But we have to be mindful to plant what God wants always in our heart. Because our desire is to always be fruitful for the Lord. Right? His work. So it's interesting when we read this, Jesus says, listen, look at somebody right next to you and say, you're not listening. No, don't tell them that. Right. Listen. Jesus says to listen. Mark, he mentioned, he said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Right. The sower sows the word. Jesus is the sower. How many of you have those little fertilizer things that if you do fertilizer on your grass, you got that little wheelie. Remember those? Right. You throw that all around. Jesus is the sower. He's the one sowing the word. In fact, one of the most important parts of even a message today is us reading the word of God out loud. That's the most important part of the message, that we hear God's word, the most important part. The seed is the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, we know in John 1, the word of God is the word Jesus made flesh. He's the word, and the soil is the heart of my life, right? Right here, point at yourself here. That's the soil, that's the heart. That's where he wants the seed to get inside. Let me read this verse. In fact, Jesus explains this, and I love this verse as we read it. This is verse 26 through 29 of Mark 4. And Jesus is speaking. He says, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So Jesus said this, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. And notice what he does, he goes to sleep. We have big words today, right, because of, of science and study. We have big words about the germination of the seed and what it does in the ground. The photosynthesis, the hydrophonics, right, all of the things... Jesus says it works. But here's an interesting word. It works by itself. It works all by itself. That word, the original word in that Greek language, that word is to automate. What does that sound like? Automatic. How many of you drove a stick shift car growing up? That's pretty much a lot of us, right? How many of you loved stick shift car? How many of you couldn't stand How many of you were concerned about blowing through the clutch and all of those things? And then you drove an automatic, and it changed everything. Uh, I drive my wife crazy because I have automatic light timers in all of our house. They go on automatically, and they turn off automatically, right? Uh, I like all of those little automations. We love automations. We love things set up for us. But here's what Jesus says about the seed, that the seed yields crops, by itself. That word automate, automatic, self-prompted, ready to go, not needing any external force. So here's why the word of God is so powerful, because once it gets on the inside of us, it begins to automatically work. You know, I believe this, that there's verses that I read that may not have to do with anything happening today or tomorrow. It might be a year from now. And that seed has already been planted in my heart. It's automatically doing something, right? Automatically doing something. So today I want to look at the stony ground. Everybody say stony ground. Now here's what we notice with the stony ground. Nobody cleared out the stones. Stones are there. The stones are blocking that seed to get down in the ground. So I want to read uh, that again. Mark 4, 5 and 6. And it says this, some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. Immediately it sprang up because it had no death. Well, there was growth, right? It sprang up. But when the sun came out, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. That's the parable. Here's how Jesus explains it. Mark chapter 4, 16 and 17. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it. Everybody say gladness. That's like somebody that's cheerleading, right? Oh, wow, right? Immediately receive gladness, but there's no root. There's no depth. It hasn't been planted. So Jesus says, they endure only for a time uh, only for a time afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So we read this about the stone. The stones weren't removed, and so that seed couldn't penetrate. They were like, on, it was on the surface. What the power what Jesus is saying is, Jesus is saying, hey, they were happy when they heard. This parable we read, it was a great multitude, a great multitude. They all heard, some were happy that they heard, but when there was trouble, when there was persecution, Jesus said, they stumbled, right? They stumbled. A few weeks ago, I was invited uh, to a Chinese leadership meeting. They hosted it in Alhambra. The speaker that they had come, he was from Taiwan. His future wife that he would meet was born in Brazil. And it was pretty amazing, uh, their story, how they finally met in Mozambique. It was pretty crazy. Like, who would have ever thought of that, right? Uh, But they felt called to Sengal, which is in the west part of Africa to the north. They felt a calling. They didn't know anything about the nation, and so they went. She spoke, um, you know, Brazilian, part French. He spoke uh, Mandarin and some French, and so they went there. But when they got there, they started doing a little bit of research, They found out the area that they were going, this nation, 97% Muslim. And only a little over 1% were Christians. He said this. He said the entire five years we lived there, I don't think we even met 100 Christians. So here was Christianity in this nation. If you became a Christian, you were living in your parents' house, you got kicked out of your house for being a Christian. You would probably lose your job. So, he said, Christians tended to be pretty quiet. So they felt led to open this coffee shop. And what they did was they hired half Christians, half Muslims. But they found that the Christians were very quiet about the faith. But the Muslims weren't. In fact, the Muslims were working on the Christians to convert back to being Muslims. So they had to scrap that. They said, you know, that, that wasn't working. So then they hired all Muslims and it was amazing the story of every single one of their lives over these years that they would be Christians, but they knew in this one area that if you became a Christian, there's a good chance you got kicked out of your family and you lost your job, right? How many would come to the altar that day, right, after? Jesus said, though, he said, many quit after a persecution or trouble, And maybe we've done a, uh, pastors have done a bad thing to let you know, hey, if you accept Jesus today, do you know what? All your troubles vanish away, right? They're all gone. Tomorrow is just sunshine and roses and happy thoughts. And it's very interesting what tends to happen because the enemy doesn't want us in the word. We get rejected by some when we want to tell them about Jesus. So when trouble come, that's why we continue to keep our eyes lifted on him. Persecution is going to come. Now, it's totally different for us here, right? Totally different when we think of persecution. We think of somebody not wanting to talk with us and we're persecuted, right? I was persecuted for my faith. They didn't want to talk to me. Well, it's interesting in the early church in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, because of a man named Saul, the Bible says there was great persecution. Great persecution. Everybody say great persecution. When the Bible says that, that's serious persecution. They stone uh, Stephen. But what's powerful about all of that, when you read the book of Acts, when there was persecution and when the church got scattered, the church grew and grew and grew. You know, um, during COVID, uh, in the time that, you know, the church was, was shut down, we could look at that as, as persecution because we we were told we couldn't meet, yet the strip clubs and the casinos could stay open. And you think, okay, what are we supposed to do? And you're like, do cards, like have a card game after or whatever? And you think, that's like, that's craziness, right? Now, many looked at it as persecution, but you could still meet, right? There was nothing. We reopened in, in October. You could still meet. But we had somebody call. I don't know if I ever should. We had somebody call the health department on us. Did I ever tell the story? So we get a phone call, and it was a lady from the health department, and she was following up on a report that somebody had called. And so when I asked some detail, there was no detail. It was just them doing a follow-up. Well, about two weeks later, we had two health department workers show up at the church on a Tuesday. They were following up on a request that people were not wearing masks. Now, what we knew what happened was it was from our homeschool group. And we found out later it was another homeschool group that a church did not allow them to meet there anymore. And say they were upset that one was meeting here and we were allowing it, so they called the health department. But they were asking all of these questions. Where were your services? Um, What are you doing for COVID? Do you have like groups of circles? And, you know, I just kind of stayed quiet. There were churches in that time that when you would come in, they had a table set up and you could choose a red sticky button to put on that was stay away, red meant stay away from me. Yellow was, yeah, hey, I'm pretty mellow, but maybe a little bit like caution. And then there was green, like, hey, go for it. Give me a hug. I've missed having a hug. You know? Now, that was a little bit, we would say, of persecution because we saw what some churches went through. But that's not persecution that we see in the Bible. And when we read these things, we come back to persecution always saw the church grow. Troubled times always have people looking to Jesus as their hope, right? As their trust. In the kids today, they're teaching about Daniel and the lion's den. And you know how he got in the lion's den, right? He was told not to pray. They couldn't find anything uh, against Daniel in his character, so they decided to go after his God whom he served. And they made a decree that nobody could pray. You know what Daniel did? he opened up the doors, right? He let everybody know that he was praying. And so they were going to take him and they were going to throw him in the lion's den. Now, I like watching a couple of these guys on YouTube that uh, have lions and they go out freely and walk them. Have you ever seen those videos? And I feel like that if I went out with them, they would look at me like an afternoon snack, right? Thank you for bringing Walter today. You see, these lions are... I mean, just roughhousing with these guys. They get scratched and need stitches and, you know, they're powerful. And Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And we know that the, the king of that time couldn't sleep the entire night and came in and, and next called for Daniel. Daniel was alive. God shut the mouths of the lions. Well, the decree went out that everyone that accused Daniel, their children and their wives were thrown in the pit. You know what the Bible says? They didn't even hit the ground and all their bones were broken. Daniel went through troubled times. He went through persecution about who he worshiped as God. And God showed up. And I'm here to say, God shows up. Right? When we go through troubled times, when we go through persecution, he shows up. The first martyr of the church, Stephen, had that he saw up into heaven and he saw Jesus at the right hand. That's what infuriated them so much to stone him. And yet Jesus teaches us, he said, you know, what? people fail when they have troubled times and they have persecutions because their hearts are stony. Got to remove those stone. Ezekiel says, and we pray this often, that he'll remove that heart of stone, hardness, and give you a heart of flesh. That's workable. In fact, I love that verse in Romans chapter 8. And you can read some of it later. But uh, Paul writes this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he says, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? In fact, as you read on, nothing is going to separate us from the love of God. Nothing is going to separate us from the love of God. And Jesus was persecuted. Jesus, after he died and resurrected, Saul was persecuting the church, and Jesus took it personal. So here's what it says. If I go through persecution, Jesus takes it personal. When I go through troubled times, he's right there with me, and I'm going to trust him all the way through it. But what I have to do is have to say, what kind of soil am I? And if I have those stony grounds, i got to remove those stones so that seed of God's word can get in my heart and automatically begin to do its work. So bow your heads if you would with me today. So let me ask us, in fact, it's in the notes, let me ask us just two questions, and I want you to think on the inside of you today. Maybe you can answer this or think about this later. When troubles Have come against you. How did you respond? When troubles have come against you. How have you responded? Have you ever been persecuted. For your faith. In Jesus. And so here's the next question though. How did you grow from it? How did you grow from it? Father, we thank you today that when we search our hearts, you've given us this parable to a story to explain to us the kingdom of God and how powerful it is when the seed of the word is sown and deposited into our hearts and our spirits. Jesus, you're the sower. You're speaking those words of life to me. You're planting it in the depths of my heart. Lord, I, I remove any stones, that would anything that would block from that seed to get on the inside of me. And when trouble time comes, when persecution time comes, Father, I, I look to you, I identify with you. You are the one that makes a way of escape even in the seasons where I would say, I just don't know why this happened. I trust you. I trust you. You made the heavens and the earth, and you know my name, you know my story, you know what's happening tomorrow, you know my life, you know what I need, and I open my heart for your word to grow grow in my life, grow grow in how I think, grow so that I speak your word with boldness, grow that I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit when I come across people, that I'm always reminded that I'm being rooted by your word, I'm established in the faith, I'm giving you thanksgiving even in the most difficult seasons because you're the one that spoke to the wind and the waves to be still. So peace over our lives today, Father. Peace over our minds, that our thoughts don't run astray, that we come back under you and we receive of your peace today, your life. We're being led by your spirit today. Breathe those words of life into us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Stand with me if we sing this song, and this is a great declaration uh, for us today. Stand, we're going to close with this song tells them in that fourth soil that some will grow 30 60 100. you know that was a radical thought to a farmer because they were used to losing crops famine animals right birds they were used to losing a 10% if he just said you could get 10% that would have blown their minds but 30 60 100 times But Jesus says one of the most important things in John 14, 15, 16, 17, because they were concerned that Jesus would leave and leave them helpless. And he says, I don't leave you helpless. The helper, the comforter will come. He will show you all things. He will speak of things. He will remind you of things that I have said. And that's the the power of us walking out this life is the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit active in our lives. So, Lord, we thank you today as we come together and worship you. We end with you're my foundation. Not just today, not just tomorrow, but you're the foundation of my life. Jesus tells us that without me, you can do nothing. So I think of, okay, I'm with you, right? I'm with you. Thank you for doing things in my life and the life of our family and our church Lord, uh, individuals here today that you're at work and we trust you. Holy Spirit, thank you that you teach us. Remind us of the word. Even when we wake up in the morning that you're speaking that word. Those that are running from you, I pray, if there's the word of God in their heart, Father, cause it to come up into their mind to remember your promises. And we bless you and we honor you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, as you go today, bless somebody. As you go, if you need prayer, please uh, come on up. Let us agree and pray with you. But the Lord bless you. Have a-